name yet in my notes. <laughs> were you were you in Baltimore by that time? Two years ago, February? No. No. Last February we were in Baltimore. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. This Feb- February before now. Ah, yeah, that's cup. right. Damn it. I had got Emmy because I knew you were coming. Or not Emmy. Wow. I got Lena because I knew you were coming back to take Emmy. So that was part of the one of the biggest parts of the whole thing because I knew I was going to need a dog after having her. I was too attached to it. I was I love the cuddles and the walking and playing and Mm -hmm. yeah i know i knew i was gonna feel bad when i came back regardless for you or for mom and dad so probably a good thing you got one (laughs) yeah now we now we have a whole family full of dogs no grandchildren yet but a lot of dogs (laughs) we haven't caught up to the i mean I mean, everybody else in our on our mom's side has children, right? Just about anyway. Zach doesn't. Yeah, Zach and and Jeremy don't, but uh, that we know of. <laughs> uh, even on dad's side, mostly everybody does too. Yeah, mostly. We haven't caught up. I know it's weird, isn't it? Like, well, it's mostly me because I'm the oldest, and I didn't. I've chose not to. So, like, if Kinda one person in our family, yeah, was likely to have one by now, I'm the age that old enough. Not that you're not old enough, but the like more likelihood of it happening at my age for planning, but. Yeah. Do you want to have I think kids? It's good. I mean, I do. That's not probably before we get married. <laughs> we still have like a year and nine or like six, seven months, something like that. So, yeah. a couple years at the least, and then I'm be, and then I think I'll be ready. I definitely am pretty content with some with animals right now. They keep me occupied cleaning up dog hair and freaking cat the kitty litter box and just enough responsibility right now that i know i don't need a kid to to add on to that (laughs) not yet not yet how many kids you think you'll have probably two probably two What would you wish for? A girl and a boy, ideally. I mean, I think most people that want kids probably want to have that happen. It seems pretty rare on our side, though, that you get either or. It's usually uh, one or the other. (laughs) Most of the Mom's a family of four, dad's a family of five, and of the nine people. Well, there's two group, two two people that had a boy and a girl. Kelly and Dwayne, and then Darren as DJ and Haley. Yeah. <clears throat> True. Yeah. It's a wild thought. For me, I sometimes feel just super disconnected from like kids, even though I work with them every day, because I just look at them in such a different not a different light, but I just, I don't imagine being their parents or taking the place of their parents, even though for, you know, eight hours of the day, that's what I do. But I forget, you know, so many people that I know are like my age or younger and they're have, they have kids and sometimes parents show up and they start talking to me and then I find out they're like younger than me or like the same age as me. And I'm just like, weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're just weird. on a whole nother track i know a whole yeah. nother path 
Yeah. I, w- I don't know. There was like, there was a point in my life where I didn't really aspire to, to really have kids and like have a family. And But I've listened to a couple different um, podcast episodes that really have like made me rethink my position on that and, and how, you know, how stressful, but also how amazing it is to be a father and be you know be a family like that sounds great to me i'm just i know i'm not quite ready for it right now so i'm excited to be someday though and to be a great dad and like hopefully you know inspire a a future leader or future thinker you know somebody that wants to do something cool in this world yeah yeah i don't think anybody's ever really actually ready you can try to prepare yourself but unless you like unless you're i think you were somebody that had an experience where you pretty much raised like a brother or sister or raised somebody else like i don't think you're actually ever really fully prepared but you just kind of learn on the fly and then you gain experience and improve that experience hopefully for the next one but yeah yeah, you're just kind of going blind. You're just a kid raising a kid. And then, I mean, after the first one, you probably get a little bit better at it. I think it's a little easier and you get maybe, I mean, it just maybe. seems like it seems like it's hard. It's a hard thing, but it's also if you do it right and, you know, raise good kids, it seems really re- rewarding too. Yeah, I think the key is having like either one or a few because like you could do what mom and dad did and have one and then have like a gap and then have a couple more and then you have another pretty much essentially a built-in like helper a built-in babysitter another person to help you and not that that's really their intention maybe but it's kind of like you know a good family structure or you have like one because you only have the energy to do it one time because I feel like A lot of times, you know, parents are really aware of like the first one and like trying to do their their best. And then after like one, it's like it gets easier, but then also maybe you're more laxed on things and you're just like, oh, having somebody else there in the future is nice. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like having a good amount of time between kids to have somebody that's a lot more mature than them like you know by the time they're 14 or something and you, you had a big gap in there your other child's like seven or eight yeah if they can watch I them mean, that would be yeah that would be good uh, a good thing they just wouldn't grow up as close though in my opinion until they got older i don't know yes and no like take like pat majeski for example you remember pat yeah She's like an amazing woman. She's like the oldest of like, I don't know, 14 kids or something like that. So she was essentially like mom number two, like all when I, when you would go to like events, family events, they treated her like she was the mom of the group because their mom wasn't around anymore. So she had passed on, but like she was the mom because she like helped take care of them all because she was the oldest so it was like it it was always fun to watch because they treated her like she was their mother even though it was their sister but she just in a different time like when you have big families like that it's like the oldest end up taking helping take care of the youngers and yeah i thought that's an interesting thing too like in a big family how the oldest are like one of the older ones can become that and because they're you know there's so much of an age gap sometimes between them it is really like they're their mom yeah but it's cool too that people will fill into that role like like if she had a lot of her you know say her mom's personality and then took over what her her mom's role was in the family structure like that's cool too yeah it's a thing that it seems like if one thing in humanity has gone like really 
kind of sideways. It's the fact that like the family structure all the way from, you know, grandparents down isn't like as strong as it used to be or it seems like it maybe isn't. Yeah, welcome to modern day society, the breaking (laughs) apart of the familiar structure and trying to separate the family. And then like it's we talk about this at my work a lot. And and I've said before, like if I had to describe like my company's motto, it's like a mix of it's like a mix of the Boy Scouts and Scientology, but also with a lot of like family values that remind me of like growing up. Like they're really they really want like, a sense of community and they really want a sense of like elders and mentorship in creating a family structure outside of the family structure. And which is really cool. I think it's I don't I don't like calling it necessarily a family structure because to me that's become much more sacred. And like my family structure is my family structure. Like you can say whatever you want about this community structure in this sense of like a of community. I love that. It feels like a family, but to me family is much more sacred than these people that I'm willing to help and these people that like we would all in a, in a moment of need, we would all help each other. But like, to me, there's a difference between like who I call my family and who is part of my community that I'm really also care, caring and passionate for. But yeah, my work, my work really pushes this. And then we talk about like how society has broken down the family, like in modern day society, it's like, it's pretty much all about how to separate the family. It's it, weirdly enough. And yeah. I think that plays a really huge role in like a lot of things that we see. There's not one thing to blame, but like part of my own struggle with mental health is like trying to on a day to day basis is trying to deal with being separated from family. So yeah. like, I don't think that it's bad to like move and try different things. But I also don't think it's like always the best for my own mental health. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, think about think about the way society is set up and how much they try to separate you from your family and separate you from your family's ideas. And some places aren't intending to be really like that, like intending to like try to make you like cast doubt on your life and how you were brought up. But I think about like college and like that pretty much is exactly what it was. Yeah. Pretty much like it was pretty much like for me, a lot of times it felt like telling me why this is right. And that was wrong. And I'm like, and then once I realized and got old enough and matured, I was like, what are you talking about? The whole, everything that I was raised on and taught, like there might have been some old fashioned things that have evolved and like that place didn't move forward with it. But otherwise I'm like, the society that you, the, my college wants me to have and what my family would want me to have, like I would choose that family structure over it any day. Yeah, that's a great point too. I think it's important to realize that like your family is truly, it is really sacred and it's not something that, it feels like it gets thrown around now like with companies and with, um, you know, with following a a a brand or a musician or you know something like that that it's like the people that like those people or like that thing are like they're trying to push like oh we're family we're a community which is a weird thing to me because like in a weird sense no one is a is a family because they've probably never met in person like in a lot of these circumstances Mm -hmm. it's a lot of online circles that that people will really get attached to and and kind of find a community within it's like the new school community <clears throat> like yeah. being part of an, of an online community which is not which is- very strong in my opinion it's not strong it's not stronger than what a a true family that's you know loving and caring towards each other is yeah I think it, I think it serves a great purpose and I think it's, it's, it's great. I think that the ability to like connect with people from all different backgrounds from all over the world and 
like that type of creating different types of communities is great, but also like it's real life. It is real life, but if the power goes out, then what, you know, like if, if the power goes out and I'm in face to face with people, like I still get to communicate with them. But if my whole being and community is built like online and then the power goes out and I can't talk to any of those people, then what? Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a balancing act too. And not getting yourself like kind of tunneled into something or pigeonholed into something. I was talking with a concept similar to this with my boss the other day. And we were talking about mentorship and, and how we can essentially retain employees and how to create like a system for retaining employees and, and gaining more employees and like doing that through mentorship. So like they, they are encouraged or motivated to want to work for us after they've, after they've attended our camps for like many years. And we were talking about the idea of how we can create a mentorship and then want them to work for us, but also understand that like, Hey, we only have X amount of positions every year. Like this place is not going to be your savior in terms of like, you're going to be able to graduate high school, come here and work for the rest of your life. So how do we create mentorship without trying to influence their decisions on what they'll do in the future? So like pretty much like this conversation of opening the door for them to be like, Hey, this is the world that I'm living in. Like this, these are all the great things, but then not trying not to influence them in a certain path, like letting them have the free will of like, Hey, this is, this is what we do. This is what I like to do. This is my life. This is why I love my life, but also like I'm letting you make the conscious choice of that's great. I'll take that information and now I'll do what I want with it. Where I think too often what I saw from my, and what I told him, what I see too often is adults that, and and I've been guilty of this myself too. I think it's come with maturity. A lot of adults will, will influence kids to go do something that they want, that the adult wants them to do versus that person getting to make the conscious choice. Like a lot of kids won't even understand that they're how much they're being influenced into going and trying something because an adult like kind of forced them or told them like, this is the option. Like you got to do this, you got to do that. Yeah. Rather than letting them have exploration and trying lots of different experiences and then going from there. And I don't think it's bad if, like you give somebody like as a, as an outdoor educator, like I told them, I was like, I want people to want to do what I do. Like, that's good for me because that means that it continues past me. But also I want, I don't want to give somebody like, that's, that's my dream. That's my only goal is to do that job. It's like when you're in sixth grade and you want to be an NBA player, it's like, that's great. That's a great dream but not what, what happens when you don't do that. And now you've just spent from sixth grade till 12th grade, only focusing on basketball and you don't give a shit about school. And then your senior year passes and then you're 18 years old and you're like, fuck, well now what? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's a good concept. I think it's important to like show the show an open door to kids in a sense, but not push them or force them through it. It's like Mm -hmm. you should show them what each, you know, career, each path can lead to and in the alternatives also to different paths, because I think you're pretty spot on on how much like parents, especially it seems like parents and, and others that are probably close to kids push them into certain things because that's what they want them to do. Or maybe that's what they that parent wanted to do at one point in their life and and never did it. And so they're trying to push or force their kid into it, which is not healthy in a sense. And it's not, it doesn't ever seem like it's, if it's not what the kid or the person wants, it's, it's not a, never a good thing. (laughs) So, and it never ends up working out anyway. It seems like if something is forced, if a kid is forced to be a singer, a pop singer or something, when they're a kid, almost, they almost never grow up and stay with that like there's obviously exceptions in those are like some 
pretty big names, but I think it's more important. Thing. I think it's more important to to give kids opportunity and to ex- explore, but also mostly focus on morals and ethics and the different values that help create like a good human being in general in society in life in a family so focusing more on how you can how you can teach your kid to to have success rather than focusing on what you view as is going to be successful money wise or career wise in the future for them yeah something that fits their personality but isn't you know doesn't have to be something that you necessarily like want exactly want them to go into i think that's mm-hmm. important too is to read a kid and read their i think everybody's a lot different in that sense like some people want to probably go and have a boss and and get told what to do for eight to ten hours and just not have to think about it and then you have a lot of other kids that are more entrepreneurial that like want to do their own thing and, and not have to listen to somebody else and try to kind of maneuver and figure their way through it. Like there's a lot of that too, Mm -hmm. which is a, it's a cool time to be alive because you get to do that. You can do that yourself with no gatekeepers, which is cool. It is like, it seems like that anyway, there is a lot of things to still get through, but it's a lot less than it ever has been in the past like to become you know either famous or internet famous or or you know just viral it's a lot easier to do that it seems like yeah yeah it's weird though because there's like give and takes everywhere it's like right now we're in a world where like social media has become like so mainstream that it's created its own industry of jobs so kids are seeing like oh well i can make money doing this rather than going to the factory and working this job that i'd hate but like you know 50 years ago kids would graduate and be like oh my god rather than going and work on the farm i can go down to the factory and get a job for like this many bucks an hour and right away start working and make a uh, like a livable wage, like it just, it just changes, it changes with the times and especially with the younger people and like what, what they visualize is like being important because that's what really starts to drive what's next. Yeah. I think a lot of kids want to be YouTube stars <laughs> or TikTok, TikTok stars. Which is a, it's a weird thing, but like how many of those are there going to be like, there's probably a a cap at that too, isn't there? Just like there's kind of was a cap with music or cap with, with TV and movies. Yeah. I mean, I think there is and isn't, it just depends if you can create an audience that enjoys your content, then it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, you can keep going, but I think. For me personally, I have a big time like choice paralysis. If you give me like 20 choices, I'm more likely to say fuck the 20 choices and just go do something else. (laughs) So like the more there is, the less likely I am to like explore and try and hear which or watch or take in. Uh, Because it's just like so it's like sometimes where do you how do you even decide like anybody that you've ever enjoyed listening or watching like you really think about how you found them and then you're like, okay, I'm going to give them a chance. Yeah. How many times you have to give them a chance until you're like, Oh, I really like this person. Now I'm going to subscribe and watch them all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of people like that with me with comedy. Like there's a lot of people I probably didn't maybe enjoy the first time or I did enjoy it, but not like enough to go and follow them until I, you know, like Theo Vaughn, that was one, that's a big one in the last year. I feel like I've gotten, really into his own his channel and his own stuff and i wasn't like that before like i just sparingly listened to him like you might have showed me him and then i listened to him and did you listen to his most recent uh solo podcast yeah the dialed in one 
Yeah, I really liked um, the conversation he was having about um, in the beginning when he was talking about like his depression and like kind of explaining it. Ended on it, but um, he was kind of talking about like how he kind of likes the suffering, and a lot of times he lets his like brain be tricked into like liking it and enjoying it and like being against the world and feeling like he's against the world. And I and I was like, oh, that's relatable. Yeah, yeah, I remember when he said that. I thought that was a good take on it, too. Like, sometimes you just want to be pissed off at the world because there's so much to be pissed off about, but you just build yourself into it, too. Like, you just you just dig yourself deeper. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough scenario because you... I feel like it's good to have that edge sometimes, like like kind of what you're saying it's good to have that but using in in using it in a positive way is probably the best way to like you know combat those feelings me and you have talked about it i've always said like you have to put you have to put something in you know a couple different jars each day like you have to talk to people that you love and and you have to you know believe in something and have have a stronger faith than uh in something like there's there's different things that you just have to kind of check off in my opinion like to to keep yourself at bay Mm -hmm. that's a good way to put it yeah i did i did some research on the the topic i brought up last time about the saginaw bay Oh yeah. Yeah, so I was I was reading about it a little bit more. And number one, whenever they reference the young the youngest Dryas. Yeah, younger Dryas theory. I didn't realize that it was younger younger Dryas D R Y A S. I thought yeah. it, I for the I've always thought it was Dryas like E S T. But pretty much they pretty much what I put in trying to put it in simple terms because I was going through like some of this research and the studies and it's actually a scientific study that I, like papers that I was reading. So a lot of it I was super confused about. So pretty much what that the theory suggests is there was like a one to two kilometer, um, which is obvious pretty pretty proven because of the lakes but it was like a a glacier that during the ice age and it was like a kilometer to two kilometers thick and essentially what they believe happened these people that have been studying it which i can't remember their names so i'm not going to try to reference them but what they believe happened is the impact hit that glacial wall in the saginaw bay and is essentially what kind of carved out a lot of the water structures in the Midwest and further. So pretty much like there's like this huge oval shape that covers kind of going to the Northeast of, of like the Saginaw Bay and it deposited like into the Midwest pretty much out through like the, they called it like the basin of Bay city and drained into like the Southeast corner of Michigan and beyond, which a lot of people would believe that Lake Michigan did that, but um, they believe Lake Huron did it. So pretty much like once the, once there was the impact and it immediately melted ice and it was pretty much a lake on top of the ice. So then it drained out of the lake of ice and spread all across, depending on which basin it was draining into. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never really gotten that deep into like that uh, side of it. But I remember um, Randall Carlson saying like the the, you know, whatever, whatever hit from um, outer space, uh, whether it was a comet or I don't know the technique. I'm not good with science terms, but it hit in immediately pretty much like this it made i don't even know an incomprehensible amount of water because it was so hot when it impacted and so like that's what and that's what eventually 
I think helped lead out of the ice age, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. But it was like it, it took years and years after that because it was kind of like a volcanic eruption when it hit and sent all this flying ice and and chunks in in the air. And I think it caused like what a volcano would, as far as like sending pretty much like dark, isn't it like dark clouds, like dark. Uh, I don't even know. Like the it just carried so far into the Midwest. It's a crazy yeah, thing. Much. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a good like comparison is like the impact created pretty much like a volcanic eruption into the air, into the atmosphere. But it was really interesting because also in the study they referenced like impact sites on different planets, so they were observing like this impact site on Mars and it had something that it was called this isn't the correct name. I'm just, I'm a bro science. So it was like the butterfly effect. So like the impact uh, on Mars created like almost, it looked like a butterfly. So because of that impact in the, uh, on the, um, like the ground or on the sediment, it created like a butterfly effect out outwards from the impact. So like it raised the, so raised the level of like the soil and stuff. So it looks like from, out from like uh wow i'm really fucking this up but from like a satellite view it kind of looked like a butterfly like an egg in the middle with butterfly wings and they think it the same thing probably happened in michigan but because of the water levels being so high pretty much it just eroded away because there was so much water so you we don't really have that visual from satellite anymore but if you took this this um, impact site that they were studying from Mars and placed it over top of like the Saginaw Bay, it fits perfectly. It's like the same like shape, same like egg shape, like the same angle and it fits in like perfectly. And they're not saying like, oh, this proves it, but they're just like, this is something to kind of compare it to. Um, like this is what an impact site looks like on a different planet that doesn't have water. And then like, here is what it could have. This is what you could imagine if it was the same thing in the Saginaw Bay. So, and it fits perfect. It's weird. Yeah. That's such, that's one of those theories, the Younger Dryas theory, and just like all that goes with it. That's really a rabbit hole you can get down into. And, and especially being from Michigan and like knowing how big of an impact it had here, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. It is it is kind of a scary thought too of how fragile we are as far as like being in term in, in the you know atmosphere and outer space like we have no control over what comes into our atmosphere and what like lands on earth how big it is you know what happens to other planets that might you know impact us Yeah it's crazy Yeah yeah, I mean, we live most of our day, most of our daily lives, just you know, ignoring it or being naive to it. But it's always there. I think I mentioned this maybe in a previous, but the one time we <laughs> we were taking shrooms, and my one friend was like, "Oh, I saw a like a comet. There was like a um, or a meteor, um, like." flying through the sky and like it was so phenomenal like that it was so cool and i was like yeah just imagine if that thing was like you know the size of our moon and you saw it going across the sky and then suddenly you just like don't have any memory because it impacted earth and you died <laughs> they were like that's a way to look at it like, that's a dark <laughs> turn <laughs> yeah. i'm like you're looking at this beautiful green and and blue and orange ball fire as it's flying past earth now just imagine if one of those was like big enough and just hit us (laughs) like we look at it as like natural beauty and we're in awe of it because it probably we're probably evolutionary just you know trained to look at that and be in awe of it because hey that motherfucker could kill us (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is it's a definite possibility but it's one of those things like just like any big fear, you can't just like sit and dwell on it. Yeah, not gonna get I mean, if, that, if it happened, it would probably 
you know, a lot of people would probably like that impact in instantly mel- melting ice. I mean, what do you think it's going to do to you? Like, it's going to be if you're if you're at an impact site, it's like, oh, that'll be pretty quick. It'll be okay. Yeah, that'd be the one good thing. If you were close, it, you'd just get incinerated very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Answer like, what the fuck? Humans do this to us all the time. They leave their footprints on our houses all the time. They just step right on us and destroy everything. <laughs> I think it's why there was a lot of ancient civilizations that were really in touch with the you know, the cosmos and why it was so important to them is because of how much of an impact it's probably had on civilization throughout history. How many times that we've probably been reset in history just because of, you know, events that we can't control. Mm -hmm. I guess how has the, uh, how has the sauna life been? Have you, uh, are you going to kind of use it as like a tool and try to see if it like noticeably, helps helps with like aches and pains and feeling you know better or like are you just kind of using it as like this is dope to have (laughs) i'm just gonna use it both i mean both uh yeah i mean i don't want to run it every we haven't ran it every day we're trying not to make our electricity bill go up by a 200 bucks in one month but yeah, I mean, relaxation for relaxation purposes and for recovery purposes. Like the one night, I got the uh, we got the massage gun out and like stretched and used the gun and while it was heating up, and then went down there and sat in it, and it was just like, oh my god, this feels so good. Mm. It's weird how when you get out of a sauna, like how sweaty you are, but like also how clean you feel and refreshed you feel yeah you don't feel like gross sweaty like you just ran five miles kind of sweaty no i mean it is that kind of level of sweat and gross but it doesn't feel that way yeah so So you guys have an infrared sauna right how long does it how long does it take to heat up from room temperature to whatever you want it It takes a little bit of time. I would say to get it above 100 degrees, it probably takes 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. So, but we, it can get up, it supposedly can get up to like 155, but I think you'd probably have to run it for like two hours to get it to 155. I think the highest I've got it to so far is like 145. And how long do you stay in it? That day I stayed in for like 30, 35 minutes. Nice. Yeah. We're trying to be strategic too so that we can like use it together so that we don't just like, so we get the maximum out of it while it's on. Yeah. Yeah, you both will use it at the same time. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure those things aren't cheap to heat up. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure they I'm jolt a lot of energy. Interested to see how much it changes, but worth it. And it sounds amazing right now as I'm sitting here freezing my tits off. <laughs> it's yeah. snowing out and icing and windy as fuck. It's just like I'm sitting here in a sauna. Sounds amazing. Or hot tub. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I've had, well, we had a pool growing up. I've had a pool myself that I had to take care of. And so far, I take a sauna over it just because it's just plug it in, start it up, heat it up. <laughs> a lot less maintenance. Yeah. I don't have to treat the water, check it all the time. It's yeah. The guys who dropped it off, they're like, "Wow, we've delivered a lot of these this winter. These things are po- getting popular." Probably because they're small and people can put them in, like you are, put them in their house or their garage, and 
it's a lot more comfortable than having to go use a public one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, get I... naked in that bitch. Oh yeah. I uh really I've really enjoyed it and I feel better every time I leave it. And I know there's like science to like heat shock proteins and stuff like that, which is great. I'm not really thinking about that when I'm sitting in there, but <laughs> I don't really care at that moment. I'm just like, this just feels amazing. I don't really care, but I know it's probably, well, there's proof that it's beneficial for you. So have you ever heard any of the cons of sauna use? Fuck no. Is there? <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, I've heard a few. Danny was telling me about one that was like decreased sperm count, but I feel like everything in this world's giving you decreased sperm count. The sauna's like the I last mean, thing I'd worry about. Yeah, that'd be the last thing I'd be worried about in comparison to things like all the chemicals that they've are given in foods. us. Mm -hmm. That are in food, that are in our food. Like, you talk in plastic about... plastic bottles. You want to talk about destroying fertility just put girls put 12 year old girls on birth control for 10 years straight and then see what happens you know it's what they that's what our society has done Rain for a while now people. too it's been pretty common Rain. for the last 30 or yeah. 40 years it seems yeah when to her experimenting on a human population that's like america in a nutshell <laughs> anything for a dollar right <laughs> or just studying i mean it's like they're just in many different ways studying a lot of different things and they're just using our population to do it or like yeah becky's been becky read this book about marilyn monroe and was has been telling me about it <laughs> so i'm just like mm. Everything is so stupid and pointless. <laughs> I was, it's funny you brought it up because I was thinking about it the other day. It might have been on my walk. I was thinking about like, imagine like humans that are like orphans or like messed up and their parents are messed up and, you know, like crackhead mom like gives birth to a baby that's like got a ton of issues coming out of the womb and hasn't, she has no family to help her. Like, imagine what could happen to those kids if they get into the wrong hands or those people if they get into the wrong hands like i'm sure people get taken and get studied on like and it's not it's not like some evil you know like evil person it's probably like fucking government officials or who fucking yeah, evil knows people. evil people yeah they, <laughs> i know but it's not like it's it's like they try to portray, I feel like th those people always try to portray themselves as the good people, so. Of it's, course. It's a game of trickery, because they are yeah. the evil ones. Yeah. But you do yeah. wonder how much of that goes on. Like, I thought that, anyway, I'm like, imagine, like, how easy that would be for, you know, <laughs> hospital to hand this baby over to, you know, a, a FBI official or somebody because that's what they asked for and just like not, not a word gets said who knows who knows that's just my conspiratorial mind running a little rampant but I mean I'm sure it's happened it's pretty much yeah I mean that's history I mean the amount of times that humans have experimented on other humans is probably endless in the scope of humanity but how much that kind of stuff happens in america is like whether you want to believe it or not there's a lot of proof like evidence that would prove that to be true so if you if you went to look for it you could probably find it depending on what situation you're looking at like yeah yeah pretty much becky was telling me about marilyn monroe and how like she sh sh they pretty much the conspiracy from this book is that like the Kennedy family had her killed and because she, you know, had an affair with the president and the president's brother and, and like she was going to come forward with this information. So suddenly she, you know, is 
suicide, suicided pretty much. Just like just killed. <laughs> like the same exact thing they did with Jeffrey Epstein. The same exact thing that they've done with other people that would out the real, the real truth and what's going on. So, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Healthline right now. Potential negative side effects of sauna use include dehydration, heat discomfort. Uh, people with low pressure are at a higher risk for heat for for discomfort and um, dehydration, lightheadedness, airway irritation, claustrophobia. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't. Who knows? It was probably from like some nitpicked study. Yeah, that they did something. I was gonna ask you though. What do you? What would you voluntarily? get tested on like say somebody came to you and they're like we'll give you a million dollars if you let us test our new time travel equipment on you like would you would you do it would you do it would you do anything like that no because at the end of the day like as a human in this society you just said the exact thing that most people think is the most important thing and is money. So it's like, if I give you a million dollars, I am going to potentially kill you faster or now if you try this for me. And for me, I'm like, fuck you, you get in there. (laughs) You have to give me a lot more than that to try something like time travel. I don't know. I don't think I'd really... If I had some, if I had a debilitating condition that I knew I was going to die from anyways, and there was like some experiment that I could try, then that would be a different situation. All right. All right let's, let's create a hypothetical scenario then. Let's say you're 78. You have, you're dying of pancreatic cancer or something. And they come to you and say, we can make, we can give you a drug that will make you fine, but you have to live another 70 years. <laughs> Would you say yes? Maybe. I'm probably more likely to be like, give me the drug that makes me die like an hour from now. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just can't imagine going through. I don't want to imagine going through the pain and suffering of like, oh, you're dying. You got like six months to live and you're just going to, your body's going to day by day. I mean, day by day, your body is always deteriorating, whether you know it or not. Like you're getting older every single day that you're on earth. So, but like to see it crumble so quickly, I'd probably be more likely to be like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to live these last few months out and then. Cause I feel like at a certain point you become really at peace probably with the fact that, you know, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So it's like, I don't know, rather than having to deteriorate to the point where I can't even take care of myself, I'd rather probably almost just like, be like, give me Dr. Death, call him in. <laughs> give me the needle. Yeah. But I also want to live to be over a hundred years old. So it depends on how I'm feeling at 78. If I'm like, all right, you can give me that many more years. Do I want that many more years? <laughs> yeah, I know. I hope to be like a good, healthy 70 year old. But imagine if you're like already deteriorating, like you had, you know, did something to your back and your knees and or you get dementia. There's a lot of things <laughs> that's never it's never something to look forward to. That's why it's always interesting being, you know, being younger right now. It's just like. I think a lot of the things I think and say now are going to be pointless or really. I'll look back yeah. as dumb. <laughs> I think that's kind of how life works. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how life works, but it's true. Also, a lot of times, like when I listen back to things, I'm thinking about my thoughts and like how much they've been influenced by other people. 
and then like listening to myself talk and I'm like, oh, that was, that was clearly influenced by, you know, what I was taking in at that time, like my emotional feelings at the time, where I was at, at that time. So like, when you look at something from the past, you can't look at it from the perspective of it being right now, because it's not right now. It was, you know, whenever that was written down, whenever it was recorded or said. So, you know, it in the same type of concept, like thinking about like people that are, get canceled based on something they said 10 years ago on a inter, in an interview or something. It's like, well, that's fair if they were being a really bad person, but if it was just like they said a word at the time when it was socially acceptable and it was commonly used or like that thought was something that was, you know, does it make it right? today no but that's how they were feeling then or that's what they said then like what did they learn from that moment in time until now Uh, there's so many variables and factors that you have to consider when you're looking back at something because it's easy to get trapped in the like oh well it's the same as it is right now and you said that then because it's just not the truth and I think a lot of times especially younger people are really delusional to that because they only, you can only experience what you've experienced. So when you look back at something and you're like, wow, they were terrible people. It's like, no, they were just like you and I, it's just like, that's what it was. That was the time period they lived in and how society was set up for them and the influences that were set up for them. It's like, we're living in a world where, you know, our great grandparents would be like, what? (laughs) <laughs> that I don't I can't even imagine what that thing is. It doesn't even make sense to me. And that was only, you know, two generations ago. So it's like, the, I think a lot of times we look back to and we think we're stupid or we think we're dumb. It's like, not really. You were just, we're just learning and progressing through life and trying to figure it out. Nobody really has the answers. Yeah, that's very true. It's but easy to... It's easy to point to people, though, and and say, like, that person was a bad person because of something they did in the past, not knowing, like, the things that they've went through and thought and, and maybe even ridiculed themselves on and and have grown as a person. Like, it's it's super easy, and I find that, too, with, like, people that I might have known, you know, 10 years ago and and then trying to not not use that influence that that pre you know that that those thoughts that I've had before to judge this person now because I think that's really important yeah it's hard to do sometimes though yeah because like 10 years ago uh, like thinking about yourself from 10 years ago it's like there's going to be things in your life like characteristics about your life that are exactly the same like who you are in certain aspects is going to be the same, but for the majority, a lot of things are going to be a lot different. So Mm -hmm. like approaching, approaching, you know, conversations with somebody that you know, that you've known in the past, it's like, you're going to have that history of knowing each other in a certain time period, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's carried 10 years into the future and they are still that same person. Some people are, but not, not usually. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, kind of thinking on like the same thing, like I was looking through this journal I had started last year and it was just while I was reading, uh, it was, I think it was a yoga book and it had a lot of like, um, prompts, writing prompts and, and different things to uh, to challenge yourself with journaling. And one of them was 10 principles that I try to live by. And I noticed it today when I was going to write something else. And one of my first ones was be kind to yourself and others. And then I, my last one, which was my favorite, was keep it simple. I like mm. <laughs> a lot of these things I would still say. I uh, almost 100% entirely agree with, you know, things change though. Like the principles and the, and the morals you live by probably are pretty similar, but they should be evolving to become stronger principles too. 
to, you know, not just talk the talk, but really do it. Yeah. Well, once you have, if you have like the grit and the determination to keep on something, then it just becomes part of your normal daily life and it's not hard to you anymore. Mm -hmm. It's still like a task that maybe that you had to complete every day or uh, something that you don't necessarily want to do, but it becomes more just ingrained and like automatic but then you have something to build on. So it's like, well, I've got that one down. So now like I can, I know I don't even have to question it. I'm not thinking I'm going to lapse on doing this because I know I've, I know it's part of my routines and, and me and I enjoy it. And now I can build on the next thing. Yeah. I think that's what it's all about anyway. Like you can't go from, our example earlier like becoming like a youtuber or a tiktok star like you can't go from like zero to 100 without some work most times like you've had to at least have tried and failed a few times before you get it right yeah i mean growing growing anything is like the same as you it's like you're gonna go through failures and then having the resiliency to keep going after that is what's going to determine whether or not you have success or what you're searching for as success anyways yeah yeah i feel like too like activity wise like keeping up with the habits i've created like that's important but it's not like it's not like all the successes in those those activities like those things like the success and the achievement is what is coming about because I'm doing those things. It's like if I would have never created the habit of working out, I would have never found a profession that I like enjoy and am trying to build. And like that's super cool to me that just because I started something and made it part of my life, like it, it paid me back. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't have too much else. You want you have anything else to finish up on? I don't think so. Oh going to Vegas this weekend, so Oh yeah, we're, that's right. We're back. What day are you leaving for that? Uh, what are we doing, Becky? We're going to a show. Uh, it's a new show. We're going to check it out. And we're going to go to Vegas, Nevada's version of Red Rocks. Fighter Valley? Fire Valley. Valley of Fire, Area 51. In the Neon Museum. Nice. I'm seen on, any? What are you seeing? Are you gonna see any comedy, or are you gonna no m- music, or? Um, it's a show. I don't know. What would you? What kind of show would you say that it is? It's a variety. A real variety. It's like could be a little bit of anything and everything. Kind of reminded me of like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Is it like going to watch America's Got Talent? <laughs> no. Or what would it be like? I I mean, they're not they're going to be doing their skills and not auditioning, so it'll just be like a sh- Like what was something in the preview, Becky? Like he says it's an adult show. <laughs> There's gonna be a dick out right in front of Josh's face. It's very possible because the person that the person that on TikTok that we were watching had a lot of things they said they couldn't include in the video. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Is that the cosmopolitan? It's called opium. 
It says it, the genre is adult comedy dance variety. Nice. Getting a mix. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Let's see. Okay, here we go. The description. Uh, you have to be 18 years or older. If you've ever wanted to travel into space, now's your chance. <laughs> Tonight's in-flight entertainment will be pro- provided by the greatest stars from across the galaxy. With gravity-defying acrobatics, breathtaking acts of celestial beauty, and hilarious mayhem. Opium goes where no show has ever gone before. Nice. That sounds interesting. Mind-blowing night. You pretty excited for a birthday, or is it just another one to mark off? I don't know. I don't really. I always. I don't know. I care, but I don't care. <laughs> it's like one of those things. Yeah. Like it's another. It's. It's not just another day because it's like, oh, you're reflecting on like this is the day that I became a human, but it also wasn't this day. It was on the date. But so it's just like whatever. Wouldn't it be interesting if uh just kind of a finishing thought here, wouldn't it be interesting if we celebrated like the day or the the time of where you come into your complete consciousness? You know what I mean? Because I feel like that there's always that age too, where or that day where. Yeah, but how do you know when that is? That's true. That's true. Your parents could just be like, oh, this is the day. (laughs) And you have a parent that influences like the decisions of a child that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You don't want me to get started on how much influence parents have on children. I'm like, there's no reason that your seven-year-old should be talking about their sexuality because I don't think many seven-year-olds have any concept or idea of their sexuality, but you want them to. So this is what you're forcing them to like think about. And even though they don't even understand what sex is. Yeah. You know, it's like, then a parent could be like, Oh, this is the day that you found consciousness. We're going to celebrate that. You you don't remember. That was the, that was the day Austin. When you were four years old, that was the day you realized that you were a human. Now how let's celebrate. You think there is like a certain day or is it like a gradual thing that of realization? Because it seems like some kids get it really early and some sometimes it takes people longer. Yeah, yeah. I think it just all depends on life experience. And I don't think anybody really understands anybody. I think it's too hard for people to understand or to remember like, oh, that was the day I realized like I had consciousness like. They, you're probably more likely to remember an event from your childhood that was like really impactful and was like, oh wow, I remember this happening. But yeah, not many young kids are thinking about. You, you don't have. You don't have the experience of life. You don't have any experience to relate back to to be like, oh wow, like this is a moment that I'm taking in that is like really impactful to me. It just happens. Whereas an adult, yeah. you're like, you know, if something crazy happens, you're, you're standing there and like, Oh wow, this is an insane, in, in insane, insane experience. Like this is, I'm never going to forget this. Yeah, that's true. And then you get dementia and forget it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the world's like oh bet you want to for you're not going to forget this yeah just revert you just revert back to where what you started from pretty much as far as consciousness pretty much and uh there was things you know there's things I've I wanted to do 
during my 30, but didn't happen. But then other things did happen, so it's really it's a good time for reflection, I guess, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's like what a birthday's, in my opinion, kind of for. Yeah. Because I think really negatively about a lot of things in my recent life. I think really negatively often, but then I think about all the things that changed, and I'm like, oh, well, that's why it's negative, because you had so much big change, and you weren't, you think you're prepared to handle that big change, but you really have no idea how, in real time, you're, it's going to affect you and how you're going to handle it, so I'm hoping that 31 brings me a little bit more stability and confidence in myself, and, like, less insecurity, and just... trust myself to move forward and, and take some risk and chances on myself and hopefully by the time I turn, turn 32 there'll be something else that I'm talking about that I'm like well this year was really impactful because of the XYZ yeah I like it 